Mindy Stearns. And I'm J.D. Cargill. <laughs> and that's Michelle Arego. She doesn't know to say her name because she's recording. Welcome to Friends of Mendenza. This is the best podcast in the world because it started by three real-life best friends who met over two decades ago in the local news scene and thought, let's start a podcast where we really talk about all things friendship and midlife. That's right. And we are honest. We are humble. We have humility. We love each other a lot. And we tell the truth. And sometimes it hurts. But you know what? When it's coming from a friend, the sword isn't as sharp. So <laughs> we are all trying to give this podcast to the crazy lens we call midlife. So we hope you can walk away or drive away with a little bit of you know information, inspiration, life hacks, that's it, because we are Midlife AH and Flossom AF. Oh, my God. I just worked out. That's the two days. much. <laughs> Welcome to Friends of Mendoza. Hey. I keep forgetting the giant cut. <laughs> In case anybody wonders if we do that opening live every time. We now do. they know. <laughs> That's twice Never the same up. one, Scott. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, it's so boring if it's canned. I know. Hey, you two. You How never are you? know what you're going to get in this podcast. That's what's so fun. That's it's like true. live TV. It's like a pursuit. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see when they crash because they're like, going to crash. Unfortunately, there's three different cars on three different freeways sometimes. <laughs> and you're trying to watch all three channels. <laughs> Speaking of, did you guys hear that during quarantine, the accidents rates did not go down? Really? Yeah, because people made it like people the Audubon. Were speeding. They were there speeding were so crazy mm-hmm. that like, there yeah. was no differential no. gauge of freeway accidents. I saw that. Just because there's no cars in the road doesn't mean you should speed. I saw one of those road signs because right. they were like, it was the Audubon and in, people were driving crazy. In L.A. where there's so much traffic almost all the time, people probably just didn't know how to con- take the power. <laughs> like, exactly. like, whoa, I'm, the 101's open. I can drive as fast as I want. I've never seen it like that before. Yeah. I literally took video while I was driving. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it was of herself, but hey, <laughs> video was taken. <laughs> see, you can see no one's on the freeway. Nobody. It was amazing. It's an experience you will never have before. I wanted to cherish that you moment. You had to record it. Yeah, yeah. I did. No, it was amazing. Right. I mean, that's one thing. From we, my dash We will cam. not... Um, Dash be missing cow. is the traffic. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Nope. But you know what? The nope. traffic's back, y'all, and things are opening back it up. Is, and it speaking is. of, but California, oh my god, it's going back up again. I know it, it is. So you know, we had a really great series that this was JD's idea. JD I would started, say. launched it, yep. and I'm the last to go mm-hmm. in this three part series. We heard about Mindy's journey. We heard about. Um, JD's and we thought maybe the theme for this show in Life Changing Friends would be about showing up, right? Showing up for your friend, especially in a dark time. Mm -hmm. And so we have a great guest today because we all know her. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, on the horse. Should we get her on? Oh, absolutely. Kim Maruji. Welcome to Friends of and Then Some Kim. You're part of the friendship. And you always have been. She always has been. She's officially... A part of the friendsome, and we all started our careers out in mm. journalism at KTLA together as younglings in our twenty somethings. <laughs> our twenty somethings. I was thirty something. Very, very young. <laughs> I was a fetus. <laughs> JD was a fetus. When he I was in fetal position many times. Uh, I have so many great memories of Kim sitting there and her. Kim was kind of like y'all's room, boss. Like, run, she rode the she show. Was my boss. She, she was our was boss. boss. Yeah. yeah, she was boss woman She's at the a time. Boss bitch. Mm-hmm. Running the whole That's show, it? producing the whole show, and <laughs> hey, I was a nice boss, right? You were a good boss with great. Teeth. You know what? I good don't smile. think I appreciated you then because I was literally it was my first job. I was like twenty twenty one. 
And now that I've had bad bosses, I'm like, man, I love Kim Ruji. She was so good, mm-hmm. so respectful and so considerate and really took the time to think like about what you're saying. You know, yeah. I know I had a couple of sort of interesting problems come up those first years. And Remember people, those, Kim? <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe certain people wanting to take advantage of a, a young intern and, and have him do all I the work. I did not fondle you ever at all. <laughs> not that one. Oh. That's, I <laughs> never that's, turned, that's the Me that Too that was, that movement was pre-me show too. for poor JD. That was just me. Maybe in JD, we're like joined at the hip. I just remember, like, you, it, it's like you couldn't say Mindy without saying JD. That's right. I, he was like my right hand and my left hand, and I was like one finger. And her voice, <laughs> she would show up and just make the work. Like, if I wrote something, she would do it. Like, Mindy's talent in this life, one of them, is just that she can look at some information absorb it and make it like a pro the first time right we call them one oh. hit wonders in news she's a word yeah. she's a one, one hit take, wonder one take one wonder. take wonder yep well, you, and ad-libbing. I yeah mean, I, I don't know if you remember so the time good. when i was like on the air i was standing at the green screen and i had my scripts and i my my uh the prompter froze mm-hmm. and then i went to look at my notes and they all fell out of my hand all over the floor and i was just like oh I gotta make this one up. I had nothing in my hand. I had no. I'm like, I don't know what my next story is because I'm relying on my stuff. And it was just like well, you were smooth. You, you were it, smooth, exactly. And it's really smooth, when you, girl. It's when you really get to know a television personality. It's easy to be good when everything's perfect. The teleprompter's right, right. working perfectly. The stories are all lined up. But man, if something's going down on live TV and you are not prepared, how you behave in the next ten seconds really <laughs> tells a lot about your character. Thank God they didn't have uh, YouTube and Facebook and <laughs> iPhones right. back when we were It would show meltdowns. Oh, Lord. Behind the scene meltdowns. But that actually, live TV is a great analogy then for friendship, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. mm-hmm. right. you can be a great friend and party fair weather the friend. come mm-hmm. home. Called the fair weather friend. Be there for concerts. Be there for events. And be there when times are great. But what kind of friend are you when the shit hits the fan? Right. And that's why we're here to talk about we, we JD and... Mindy kept probing me about who is that person for you? And I said, there's no other person that has been there in that way. And we've been there for each other and because we've shared some really dark times. Mm-hmm. And um, we were work friends. So I thought it was crazy that we all started at KTLA and as work friends. But we've obviously developed way past a work relationship. And hopefully you guys have had many blessings out there to uh to harvest a work friendship into much more than that. Because even if your jobs, we all left that place, mm-hmm. but we yeah. all kept our friendships. So we all have that in common, right? So Kim, yeah. I just want to thank you for being on and, and we're open and vulnerable here. And, you know, we've had great times. We've had great jobs, riding high on success, single, having super fun in our 20s and 30s. And then we were there. We were in each other's weddings. We were there for our, all the births of our children. Just like Mindy, I was there for both of her births. Grand openings. Grand openings. <laughs> I was actually on camera holding the camera at and her. And J.D. got to see I it later. Her, I got the VHS tape and I was not needing it. <laughs> but hey, way to bond, way to bond. So those are good times, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all yeah. pinnacle moments in one's life. And then some some bad stuff happened. Sure. And during, during the time where you're building a family, it wasn't easy for you, Mindy, with IVF. And for me, I had multiple miscarriages. And um, one that Kim... I'll never forget because Kim was actually at KTLA working mm-hmm. 
and I was sorry. We're gonna go deep, hard first. That's sorry, what, that's what this show's about. Oh, do a boo Well, there's a lot of you know people who have had infertility issues and miscarriages and things like that. Well, my first miscarriage um, was after my first trimester, and shortly after, and I went in for an ultrasound, and uh, my husband at the time was working. So I went by myself. It was not of any real, you know, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. I was going to get a great ultrasound and pictures to share of the baby and maybe possibly find out the sex. And what I found out was that there was no heartbeat. Hmm. And um, they just said they kept trying to find the heartbeat, kept trying to find the heartbeat. And then they even moved me to a new uh, a whole nother floor to check if it was the machine. Mm. Like there was so much denial going on and my doctor was so aware that I was just like spiraling. And so we went to another machine and then that was when, you know, the same result was happening. And I, the, the, the floodgates opened to a point where I was unconsolable. Mm. I, I didn't know. I mean, I just was so caught off guard and I was crying for so long and they said you know what let's like we're gonna give you some time and then you know for you to you shouldn't get in your car now well 30 minutes go by an hour go by I'm still like I can't even see the tears I can't even see that far in front of me and it was so dramatic so they said maybe you know after an hour they were like maybe you should call somebody to come get you and Kim was working and I called Kim and I said told her what happened and I asked her to come get me and I'll never forget it was Martin Luther King Day mm-hmm. and it was pouring, pouring buckets pouring which, which is a big news story to, which is <laughs> a LA, huge yeah. news story in LA but it added to the drama mm. it was like it was like nature was meeting mimicking. my tears right. or I yeah. was mi- mimicking nature nature like, was crying it for was you non-stop pouring Aww. rain and Kim came through all that rain and came and got me. And then she was just crying as much as I was once she got I there. I was pregnant too, remember? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys gosh. were supposed to be like around the same yeah, time. Yeah, we were supposed to have a baby at the same time or, you mm. know. Right? Was I pregnant? Yeah, I think you were. Yeah, I think. If I remember correctly, because you were. There was a there was a mourning for the fact that you guys weren't going to be having your babies together. There was yeah. A, and, and actually, well, that actually, Kim, twice. that was the second time. The second time? Yeah. Okay. That well, was the, that's more than yeah. once. That was with, was, we were both pregnant at literally within maybe two weeks of each other uh, for our third children, which yeah. then I lost. And then, so Livy, her third child is like my baby <laughs> that I didn't ever get to have. So, um, but, you oh, know, gosh. you go through midlife, you, you, you focus on your career for so long, and then all of a sudden you wake up and somebody's telling you, you're running out of time. And you're just like, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean I don't have time? I feel so youthful. I mean, can you imagine when we were in our early, early 30s? You feel so youthful and mm-hmm. you're you're focused on your career and, and your doctors are saying, well, aren't you going to get pregnant? Or, well, I'm not married. Well, I haven't found a partner. Like, it's yeah. such a bizarre feeling to feel so young and mm-hmm. then physicians telling you. You're not. 
Honey, yeah. the clock is ticking. And so it just so happened that we ended up finding our partners in our mid-30s and made it by the hair on our chinny-chin-chin chin to be in our birth years. Um, but it wasn't an easy road for me. I think I had over six pregnancies and two children to show for it. So it was rough. It was rough. I would get pregnant, which I know, Mindy, you had a hard time getting pregnant, yeah. but I would get pregnant and then I would lose pregnant. it. So every woman has different experiences, but... You showed up for me in that time. That was just so hard. And and um, I feel for anyone going through that now in real time um, because oh. there is so much shame involved. And what was weird was when I finally told people about my miscarriages, other people, all these stories come up of other people mm -hmm. having miscarriages. And you go, wait a minute. <laughs> Why didn't we ever talk about this? Mm -hmm. You thought you were the only one, and that was part of the shame. Mm, that's so lovely. And then you realize Isolating. all these other women were going through the same thing in mm. silence. Yeah. So, so weird because people feel weird about aging. People feel weird, weird about being a failure. You felt I felt like a failure. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, what part of me is wrong? I can't make a baby. It's just so weird. But, you know, and then we move on to <laughs> um, a different phase in our lives where we started – as midlifers, and this kind of happened early on for Kim and I in our late 30s, early 40s, where we started having to put a lot of people um, Later rest. to say goodbye. So, Kim, yeah. talk to me a little bit about that, because mm. that's how I showed up for her. Yes, she definitely did. Um, it's kind of like a decade of death mm. in my life, because over a nine or ten year period, five actually really like six major people in my life died. Oh. And it was awful. And so many people were there for me. And the first one and most unexpected one was my mother who died about a month and a half after I got married and was the picture of health on my wedding day. And, um, Oh my God, if it weren't for my friends, especially Michelle, who carried me through that time, you know, that feeling of being isolated and nobody can really understand what you're going through, to have a person by your side, just like you said, showing up and being there, I can't tell you what she said. I can't tell you if she had words of wisdom, but I remember her presence wow. and how it made me feel just just so comforted. Yeah. Um so I thank you too, Michelle. I return the thanks for your friendship over the years because we did have kind of the wild single years. And then I, you know, had this just one, like my mother, my father, house fishman, even in oh, there, yeah, died three weeks so before sad. my wedding. That was a, as you all know, I was really close with him. He mm -hmm. was a mentor of mine. And then my aunt, my Me uncle, and then, and Jerry. then Jerry Rubin, who was uh, another mentor and our bosses, our big bosses, our EP. Um, so it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, Could you imagine where in these moments of darkness, especially when the darkness is so dark that it feels like heavy, heavy blankets are like yeah. covering you, that if we didn't have friends that light up that space for us, that open mm -hmm. up a little bit window and just shine a light. They don't even have to say anything. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about mm. it because yeah. this is a great example of a life-changing friend. Kim and Michelle being there, being the light in each other's life during those darkest moments because without that, who knows where your life would go, right? You would, you yeah. could, you know, people get really depressed. And lost. And lost. Uh -huh. And the solitude 
in the apps and what and there is something special about friends you could you could have a sibling you could have a neighbor or a family member or a counselor but there is something about a friend that knows you mm-hmm. but didn't maybe grow up in the same household as you yeah. that loves yeah. you and one of like friendship love is some of the purest love out there mm-hmm. and then for them to just be there for you to hold you when you've fallen is um it's yeah. beautiful. Changes your life. Beautiful Man, wonderful. love. Well, when we got through a couple of these, well, particularly her mother's passing and her dad's passing, when her aunt and uncle passed away who didn't have children. So they had no mm. you know, support in that way to handle their 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 passing. Right. So Kim was that next of kin. So mm-hmm. by the time her aunt and uncle passed and it was her responsibility, Kim and I were like, we got this. I mean, we didn't – who in their 30s is knowing how to pick out caskets, yeah. writing eulogies, all the printing out, creating a you know an event uh, for a funeral? And then by the time Jerry Rubin passed away, which by the way, we're, we weren't just organizing deaths. We actually ended up being – there in the moment of a death. Ugh. How many people witnessed that as friends together? Just for clarity, um, organizing funerals. You didn't organize anyone's death. I didn't make yeah. them die. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I Let's am. Let's a little levity here. It's been years. Jeez, it's super dark, but maybe I'm <laughs> but an it, angel of death. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, but no, um, Jerry Rubin in particular, you know, Kim had called me and said, and there were times where we knew it was getting really bad. You know, sometimes when someone's at the end of their life, there'll be a grave moment where you're like, you've got a, a Get couple here. hour right. window. Mm-hmm. Get over here. Yeah. Everyone's gotten that call. And then they miraculously get better. Yeah, it's like the and end of life push. And then they have a push. good two weeks. It's so bizarre. And then it happens again. So we, we'd we gone through this a few times with our friend. And, um, and then she called me and she's, I'm on my way. He is not doing well. So I'm like, I'm getting in my car. And by the time, the second I opened the door, he just passed away. And um, I actually, you know, have heard stories about, you know, being in a nursing home and people stealing. So he had a really nice watch on. I took the watch off of him. He was gone. Mm -hmm. I put the sheet over his head. There's moments that are so tragic and so um, sad that we don't talk about, but actually in the moment there's such beauty in pain there's such beauty in seeing a soul and honoring their life and and when you have a friend who may not know how to deal with that or you don't even know how to deal with it right mindy like i think a lot of times to be an expert i think a lot of and and a true friend doesn't allow fear to get in the way of support because I think a lot, a lot of people are unsure how to react. What mm-hmm. do I say? What do mm-hmm. I do? Yeah. I mean, when my husband went through cancer, some you'd really see who the friends were. Who's going to be in your face? Who's going to sh- turn their head? Who's going to like be the you know call and say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know. And I think we all are can say at some point we didn't know how to be. How do you be? Like, because yeah. you don't know the relationship. How close are you? Is this person going to be offended? But when you have a friendship like you and Kim have, or like we have, I would never ever you know expect that we would hesitate to jump in and say what do you need i'm here for you you know whatever that is and sometimes people just need somebody to hold their hand and carry that load for a moment and i think as a friend if you are a friend of someone you know just being 
who they are in that space and no judgment and just a hug and sometimes saying nothing and let the other person talk. And and also, it's also good sometimes to have a conversation as a friend, say, hey, if I'm ever in a dark spot, you come at me. I need humor. I need light. I need light it up and be who, you know, be who you are in your best face because I think <clears throat> fear just gets in the way of how you show your support. And I don't think fear should ever get in the way of that. If you're a true friend, you can speak to that. And you guys showed up for each other in ways that you didn't even have to ask. You didn't have, there was no, no. clarification no of how invitation. you need to be. Right. Yeah. And that, that yeah. is something that cultivates over many, many years. I mean, and some it people is. are new friendships and they don't know how, but you learn. And if you're with a friend who like lets you be you, whoever you are, the bumbling, whatever, the awkward, sometimes you're bumbling and awkward because you don't know what to say, but just... I think just standing in silence is the strongest support you can give sometime. And just mm-hmm. like you said, you know, someone's there. They just are there. And maybe someone who's thinking a little bit clearer, mm-hmm. especially if you're dealing with a moment of extreme oh gosh, grief. Yes. You can't think. You, right. you, you got you people asking you them. questions. And I mean, I've been in situations having grown up in a retirement home and spent a lot of time understanding death as a young person. But older death that seems to be a little bit more planned for sometimes. Right, right. But when you're dealing with something like a miscarriage or like a parent who was not or suddenly dies, you are not thinking straight. And so your friends in a very practical way step in. They not only are a light of support, but they're also making sure that you don't make any catastrophic mistakes in terms of paperwork and wills and uh, planning and DNRs that you know weren't in place so there's a lot of stuff that a friend can do in that moment that um that is uh life-changing <laughs> for sure Absolutely. Kim, what do you yeah. feel like was most important for you in those dark times oh gosh i i remember being in this tiny tiny room at the hospital when my mom was close to death and just completely in disbelief and it was it was i mean i didn't know hospitals have these little tiny rooms that they can take the family to when a crisis like this is happening. So I didn't know they even existed. And I remember all you were there, Michelle, Marissa was there. I, my friend Gina was there. I think my friend Adrian was there, my neighbor, Kathy, my brother, of course. And we're all in the, And I don't even know how those people got there to the, to the hospital at that point. Like it's all a blur to me, but that was probably the last hour of my mother's life and Father Antonio, our priest. Um, but you guys got there. You made it to the hospital. And I don't even know all those particular friends, but especially you, Michelle. I remember just volunteering <laughs> to go into my mother's room and be there when she had her final blessing because my brother and I couldn't even lift ourselves up. Hmm. We were like the way that she looked was something like we we just couldn't handle going in the room. And I remember you going in the room and when you and the priest came out, they basically announced that she was gone and it was just unbelievable. Mm. Jesus. I'm but so I sorry think what happened mm. was, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but perhaps like Michelle, you, you facilitated calling the very important people in my life who needed information at that time and needed to be there. And like I said, these people just showed up and she just, I didn't call anybody. And then, you know, the people that needed to be there were there. And so I'm so grateful that you did that. Hmm. Well, there are many times when I've been paralyzed in my life and people show up in a tactical, like, 
like all they are like yeah, mm-hmm. all it's front lines. Yeah. And, and so there are moments where I can be super tactical for someone else, but fall apart for myself. Yeah. And that's what an awesome friend is. And yeah, particularly with your mom, you know, Kim and Paul not just were in denial. I mean, this was a very unexpected death. Mm-hmm. Um, she went in for a, what seemed to be a very, um, not regular surgery, but a surgery that you would come out of. Mm-hmm. And in, in and out, maybe oh. she'd spend a couple days after surgery in the hospital and live a happy life. I mean, and to give that point, they just got her a puppy three days before. Oh. And so none of this was expected. But the doctor was not giving clear communication as how grave things were going. And then, of course, Kim and her brother were in denial about what they were hearing. Because it just doesn't make any sense, right. right? What are you talking about? She's having trouble. Or if you want to... Basically, kept, he kept saying, if you want to say goodbye, go into the... And, and they're like, goodbye to... What do you mean goodbye? Who are yeah. you talking about? Jesus. And so when I showed <clears throat> up to the hospital, Kim's like, you need to go in and be my eyes and ears on the front lines and tell me what is happening and speak in clear communication. So that's who I had to be because of the lack of direction that was happening with the hospital staff. But so you go into tactical mode and you kind of need those friends who can just be like, I got it. Don't you don't need to give me a list of things I need to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into action mode like those friends. After you have a baby, they set the meal train up. You got to have the friend that sets the meal train up. You got to have the friend that doesn't need to be asked. No, I'll be there. No. Oh, you're going in for this. I'll pick you up. I know that you can't after being on, you know, sedated for something that you can't drive. I'll be that one. Mm -hmm. You don't have Mm -hmm. to ask. And you need those friends. And I'm sure everyone out there has had that person. But death is weird because death triggers your own feelings of mortality. Death triggers your own memories of maybe a family member that passed. So it is like one of those situations when your husband got cancer. You know, it's like they fly. The cricket or the, what did they say? When you turn the light on, the cockroaches, cockroaches mm-hmm. scatter. The um, friends one scatter. of my friends told me, and this is when I got pregnant, she said, You'll never know who your real friends are until you get pregnant or go through a divorce. Those people will scatter that aren't your real friends. And Kim was there for me. I'm still going through a divorce. Um, oh, she, she'll she scatter was, when he's around. She actually, <laughs> she actually was. Uh, <laughs> she's planning my. She's she keeps true. saying she can't wait to plan my divorce party. Which <laughs> is so morbid. Jimmy, in I know you'll be there too, and JD. You know, we will. We will. We will take. We're the warriors on the outside, like marching in Michelle's behalf. Everyone like, has oh, a role. Hmm. They step in. What are your intentions? State yeah. your intentions at the door. I'm so good. And behind us, there's another hundred people. I know. Right. Like we're all on your well, side. Of can I just interject and say the reason Kim and JD and I are there for you, Michelle, is because you are that friend to us. Yes. You are that. I mean, and for people out there that don't have that ride or die friend yet, maybe the younger set is looking and trying to find it. It takes cultivation. It takes giving. It takes being the friend you want to have. And 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 it also takes shared tragedy. And I'd mm. say a little shared pain and adversity because you grow through adversity. Mm. Pain is learning. Pain is growth. And, you know, you will find out who the cockroaches are when you go through that. And then you say, when, uh, oh, is it what Maya Angelou or Oprah said, when someone shows you who they are, who they are believe them. When someone reveals their character, believe them 
And those people that are still standing in the light as dark and bright or whatever it is, those are your those are your ride or dies. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you guys had each other during those particular moments because knowing both of you as well as we all do, those there's certain people who, and this goes to Mindy's point too, about if you don't have that ride or die yet, the characteristics that you might want to consider and look for and be yourself as a friend is a combination of empathy and responsibility. Mm -hmm. Because when you're going through grief, you want someone who is your sounding board and feels your pain, which that you and Kim are both very empathetic women. You know, you're very mm -hmm. good listeners. And then you're also wildly responsible done. people. <laughs> and so it's like, done. oh, that is the best friend to have in that moment. So I'm so grateful that you guys were there for each other because I love you both so much that I want to make sure that, that everyone's always got their backup person in any situation, even the darkest I think it's time moments. for us to get together at some point, the four of us, and have a raise our pow glasses, wow. a little yeah, powwow yeah. to something, to friendship and to fun and to this really wonderful ride-or-die friendship that we have all cultivated and Kim for Michelle. Well, Thank those you. are the things I'm most proud of. You know, when you look back on your decades as, and your, as a midlifer, who's come with you? Who's right. witnessed the arc of your life? I mean, if you're just a fair weather friend, I mean, I feel bad for those kind of people. I feel bad that you, you know, oh, well, I am in a different walk of life or I'm in a different job now or now I'm divorced. I'm going to have new friends or now I have mom friends or now. And you just drop people along the way mm -hmm. because of where you're at in your life. You're not holding those other friendships where you started and you're not honoring them. That's sad because you want those people to have witnessed all of those times and along the ride and be there for you, you know, when the time comes and, and just know you like nobody else knowing someone having that vulnerability. Look, what would have embarrassed me or torn me apart in my 20s isn't what's going to do that in my mm -hmm. 40s or I'm knocking on 50s door you know what I mean like maybe if I went through a divorce in my 20s I would have handled it a lot different <laughs> no kidding I mean everything in your 20s seems yeah. different. and I may have lost a lot of friends you know because of my behavior but thank God I have you guys and mm -hmm. we've developed those years and years of cultivating almost like our wine segment you know mm -hmm. we're, we're all grapes on a vine and and you got to honor that history. Um, I so, love JD's what you say. Some friends are here for a reason. Oh, yeah. A yeah, season. Yeah. Some for a season. Some for a lifetime. And some for, these are my lifetimers. Yeah. You guys are my lifetimers. Yeah. Lifetimers. Lifetime well, Kim, sentence. thank you for <laughs> being vulnerable. And you like know what? It's not all about the bad times. I don't want to be doom and gloom because we yeah. were there for some major good times. Oh, my God, did we ever. I mean, we've been in uh, Vegas. We've been all sorts of hair back. Yeah. yeah. Vegas, you may have been there for me holding my hair back when I'm vomiting because you guys made me drink too much. Or, oh, we know. made you. No, but <laughs> so we poured it down. You could be there for your friend in good times. <laughs> I like the accountability friendship exactly. here. Like, no We're one the made you. that pulled her off those bars in that bus, hanging upside down. <laughs> no, dancing. no, no. Oh, we Mindy, got that again. Want to bring that video friends. out? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love well, Mindy <laughs> used to be very upset that I didn't drink, and I said that was a part of my identity. I don't drink. And then she made me go, well, what about, uh, uh, come on, there's got to be some, remember? And I was like, fine. If I'm on an island, I'll drink. Right. So and now then, I'm always like, hey, there's a lake nearby yeah this could be an island every she found a technicality in every, we were in new work. york she's like new york's an island so i had to drink <laughs> everywhere we went we just it just happened to be an island I so mean, really if you think about it there's a lot of ocean yeah there's Aren't we always on an island? surrounded by water on an island. <laughs> and it's the tears of our the tears of life. our sorrow <laughs>
Anyway, love you, uh, Kim. Rudy, we love you. Yeah, Kim, you're the best. So Thank good you. to be here and be on your show, guys. Give Always those beautiful that. babies and dogs and husband a big kiss and <laughs> uh, and snuggles. And uh, okay. thanks for being part of the friendsome. Yeah, such oh. a beautiful example of friendship. <laughs> So be listening every Tuesday, new episodes. Follow us mm-hmm. on Facebook, Friendsome and Thensome, and anywhere Instagram. You out, anywhere you get podcasts. YouTube, Apple, anywhere. Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, yeah. Sneezer, Squeezer, Sneezer, Luffer, squeezer. Topper, Pooper. Poker Pooper. Thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> no available All Poker right. Pooper. There we are. Bye. Bye. Bye Thank we you. love you, Kim. Thanks Mwah. for joining us for another episode Yay. of our favorite threesome, Friendsome and Thensome.